You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's Word today. Um, Over the last nine weeks or so, I have been working with a group from our congregation, uh, members of our congregation, um, with the effort and the desire to be able to enhance their preaching and teaching abilities. Um, One of the jobs of a pastor is to equip people for works of service and to train people up in the way of the word and to be able to, um, you know, help them to rightly divide the words of truth. Um, Some of the people that were in that class have preached before. Some have never done it in their life. Um, And so it's a new experiment for them, but they have been faithfully been part of that. And we learned different styles of preaching, different types of messages, uh, different ways of bringing forth the truth. And I'm so proud of them. And part of their... you know, final project, if you will. Not that we're grading this or anything. But part of the final project is to bring a message that God's laid on your heart, that you've developed, and that you've made into a message to bring to the congregation and to present it on a Sunday morning. And so for the next few weeks, you'll hear from different members of the class, different members of our congregation that have gone through that, and I'm incredibly proud of them for doing that. So the first person that's going to present this morning and bring forth the Word of God she is our women's ministries leader. Um, she's a, been a faithful member of our church for many years. Her husband is a deacon. Her husband, Gary, is a deacon on part of our board. And uh, she's, she's spoken before. She's taught before. She's preached before. And so will you welcome her as she brings forth the word, Jean Redekis. Well, let's welcome her. Well, I'm glad I'm not being graded. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Pastor, for including me in that group. Um, I've always had a heart, well, I shouldn't say always. For many years, I've had a heart to teach. Um, And this morning when we're singing that song, God Writes Our Story, I thought about this. I'm like, boy, he has really written a story. (laughs) Um, And I felt led, I wasn't going to do this, but I felt led to give you a little background. Um... I have not always been able to stand in front of people. As a matter of fact, when I met Gary, I wouldn't talk to anybody. And he did enough talking for both of us, so <laughs> I, was, I was happy with that. Um, but the thing that I'm going to talk to you today about, that has changed my life. Um, and I give all the glory to God because without God, there's no way. And um, as a matter of fact, The Lord told me many years ago that if it weren't for him in my life right now, I'd be burning in hell. And he actually gave me a vision of that. And I'm like, thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking me and setting me aside and and changing my life and writing my story. Because Jesus really is all we need. Um, He is the word, and the word is what I'm going to talk to people about today. Um... The title of the sermon is called One Final Thing, Remember to Think. And I will talk today about the things that we think about and how it affects our lives. Um, So the first scripture verse and the main scripture verse is Philippians 4.8. It's from the King James Version. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, 
Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I just want to give you a little background, first of all, about Philippi in the Philippians. Um, Paul wrote this letter to brothers and sisters in Christ, but he wrote it when he was sitting in Rome in a prison. And he was writing, if you ever read the, the whole book of Philippians, it's all about encouraging Christian saints. And I don't know about you, but if I'm sitting in prison, I'm not sure I'm capable to encourage anybody, but I'll never know, praise God. But, um, but you know, he comes along to Philippians 4, and you know, when you're having a conversation with somebody and you really want them to remember, you say, okay, and finally I need to tell you this. So that's what he says. He says, finally, brethren. So you know that what he's saying here about how to think, you know that that is something really important and that he wants you to remember it. And my Tyndale filament New, Ta New Living Translation commentary says that Paul urges the Philippians to focus on God's good gifts so that even during suffering and persecution, their lives will be exemplary and their minds and hearts will be filled with peace. I don't know about you, but I like my, my life being peaceful and I try to be exemplary in everything I do. Um, so I know I need the word to do that. And a little background about Philippi. Philippi, no, I've got one, thank you. Yeah, thanks, but I'll take another one. All right, thanks. Um, anyway, Philippi was like all the traffic that went to Rome went through Philippi. If they were coming from Israel or anything, they had to go up and around through Greece where Philippi was and down to Rome. And so that was a major trade route, and the people there were very affluent. Um, as a matter of fact, the first person that even got saved in that town was Lydia, who was a, a, a businesswoman. So immediately my little antennas perked up, <laughs> and uh, I was like, this is really cool. Um, but the, is, the same thing is with the people of Philippi. You know, they're busy doing their work. They're busy making money and doing the things they do. They had to be reminded about how to think. Um, in the same way we do today, you know. I mean, we have things going around us all the time. We need to be reminded how to think. So, and it, this is not, I mean, this is a command. God doesn't say, you know, I'll try to think this way. He says, finally, brethren, think on these things. So we have to do that. And the underlying tone of how we do things, how we respond to things, and how we think about things always has to go back to what the Word says. If you're acting in a way or thinking in a way that's contrary to the Word, you have to get back to the Word and change it. <clears throat> and we have to remember that we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. You know, um, in the very beginning when I had to change the way I thought about myself because all my, all my life I was put down. I was never good enough. I was never smart enough. I was never dressed good enough. I was always put down. Um, I grew up in a very bad home, so to speak, I guess you'd say. And um, I didn't think very highly of myself. So I had to change how I saw myself, drastically change. 
because I never thought I could do anything. You know, when I met Gary, I was like, he was such a go-getter. I was like, oh, good, I can latch on to him and I'll just follow his little coattails. But God had other plans. Um, anyway, Romans 12:2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And this is a, a command. It says, be not conformed. He says, you be transformed. So when it, the word commands us to do something, we don't really have a choice if we're going to follow after the Lord. We have to do it. The thing is, though, is that we are not puppets. You know, God's not going to, he doesn't have us on strings and, you know, we just do what he wants us to do all the time. We have a choice in the matter and we have to change our ways. We have to change the way we think in order to do that. In Galatians 5.16, which I don't have the slide for, but it says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we walk in the spirit by spending time with him on a daily basis, by talking with him and just reading his word, just listening to teachers and, and worship music, I mean, it's going to change the way we think. And so... Um, when pastor said that we had to come up with a sermon, I looked up at my wall above my desk, and I have a little poster there, and it says, think. And it says, true, honorable, innocent, noble, and kind. And I'm like, well, there I go. I'm going to teach from that, because <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind. So as you can see up there or up there on the screen, um, when you think to think, Think of these things. <laughs> and T stands for true. Are you girded about with truth, the truth of God's word? Do you have the word in you so much that when you get stuck in a situation that the word is what comes out? And I have a couple of examples. Um, years ago, when my son was a teenager, um, we invited his friend, which I'll, I will call John, which that's not his real name, but to protect the innocent, um, I invited, we invited him to church. And they were down in the youth room. And John was, he was a space cadet, okay? He was a real space cadet. And he was trying to be a ninja or something. And he had his jackknife out. And he's going, oh, you know, whatever ninjas do, right? Well, he didn't hurt anybody except himself. He sliced his arm down to the bone, down in the youth room. And the people come running up, somebody's been hurt in the youth room. And the first thing I can think of is my son Steve, because he was into that kind of crazy stuff too. So I go running downstairs, and there's this guy, John, who's bleeding all over the place, and I panicked. At this time, I was not in the word as much as I am now, and I just, I was like froze. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I, I didn't have anything to pray for this kid. And Gary prayed for him, and this other girl, Julie, prayed for him. We rushed him to the hospital, and they, you know, they, they thought he was trying to do something weird, so they, they called his mom in. And she, the first thing she looked at him, she said, dork. I'm like, nice thing to say to your own son, you know? But long story short, he did get better. Um, but that day, I said, Never again. I am not going to be stuck in that situation where I don't know the word enough. 
And so I started getting into the word, big time. So then the second example is, was probably 10 years later, I think, when our daughter fell out at her wedding with a brain aneurysm. And you know, probably some of you have heard the story, but those who haven't heard the story, she went up to the altar, she grabbed her soon-to-be husband's arm and passed out on the floor. And we, I ran over the pew, I jumped up there, and at the time, that whole year, um, Gary and I had been fasting and praying and just in the word big time because our son got married in June in New Jersey and our daughter was getting married in August in Oklahoma. So Sherlins know what it's like to go through a wedding. Well, I had one in New Jersey and one in Oklahoma. Imagine the st strategy there. It was like under a lot of stress. So I knew I needed God big time. So we were in the word a lot. So anyway, when Jackie fell out, we immediately started to pray and speak the word over her. And I just, I laid hands on her because she was out. She was gone. Her nurse friends couldn't find a pulse. They couldn't find anything. And I just, I laid my hands on her and I says, I speak life to you in the name of Jesus. And she turned around and looked at me and mom. And we rushed her to the hospital and it was amazing. I mean, we just spoke the word over her all the time. And um, I had no doubt. I mean, it was a scary situation, but I knew God at that point. I knew how faithful he was. I knew his character. I knew that I had no doubt in my mind that God was going to heal her because I knew his word, and I knew that his word was going to go forth and it was not going to return void because that's what his word says. Amen. So it came out beautiful. She was completely healed. She went back up to the altar two weeks later. Um, in that two weeks' time, she had all these testing. Take, she had to do all this testing because she was a nurse in a neonatal ICU. And so her brain had to be, like, functioning perfectly. I mean, they, they couldn't find a thing wrong with her. It was just, it was a really a miracle. And God took care of us. I was out there for two or three weeks, and... I've had a, a nice place to stay. The Lord took care of all of our food. Back home, our friends took care of, I mean, Gary and Jane even came over and cleaned my house. <laughs> I was like so blessed. But it was, a, it was just God. But the thing is, I am strongly convinced that the only reason that that battle was won because we were strong in the word. I mean, the truth of his word went forth. And he is the word. His word went forth. And he's always faithful to his work, word when we walk by faith and not by doubt. The next one is honorable or honest, deserving of respect or high regard. Do you think that the Bible is deserving of respect? Do you read the word and do you believe it in its entirety or do you pick and choose? Well, this is... God, this is, makes me feel good. This doesn't make me feel so good, so that, that can't be God. You know, we have to reverence all of his word. How do we treat someone who we believe is deserving of respect? If Jesus walked in the room right now, what would you do? Well, I hate to break it to you, but the Holy Spirit, Jesus lives inside of each and every one of us. 
So how do we treat each other? Do we treat each other with respect? We really need to. Um, I watched a teaching recently. Um, some of the women were talking about the Awe of God book that they've been reading. And I went online to YouTube and I found John Bevere and he was teaching about the Awe of God. And he had mentioned how he went down to Brazil and he was in this big meeting and they had asked him to preach. So he says back then, it was like 20, 30 years ago, and he said they had the preachers come up on the, the podium at, while everyone was worshiping God. And he said he was standing there and he says the worship was great, but he said there was absolutely no presence of the Holy Spirit. He couldn't feel the presence at all. And he's looking out there and he's trying to worship and he's like he's seeing people talking to each other and going in and out, getting drinks at the concession stand and standing there like this looking up at the ceiling and and he's like, Lord, what's going on? And God says, I want you to address this when you get up to preach. <laughs> so he gets up, the, the pastor calls him up, and he gets up there, and he's just standing there. He's just standing there like this, completely quiet, for like oh, almost a minute. And the murmuring is still going on, and everything's going on, and he's just standing there. And finally it gets quiet. And he starts to teach them about the awe of God and how to respect him and how to reverence him and how to worship him with your whole heart. And that, that hit me. And um, he said that the Holy Spirit came in so strong that there was like a wind that came in. And he says people were laying on the floor, wailing and crying out to God for mercy and he said that people from outside were coming in because they were hearing this roar like the wind. And they checked it on their, Dan would know, this decibels, whatever the music, I don't understand this whole stuff, but he said you, it wasn't even registered on their musical, what do you call it, Dan? <laughs> yeah, that. And, <laughs> and um, so they knew, I mean, it was God. It wasn't just some fluke, but he said there was people that were healed, set free, and he said he went back 20 years later. They were still talking about that because the power of God just came and whooshed on everybody. And I don't know about you this morning, but I felt the Holy Spirit's presence like strong. And if you didn't feel it, man, your wood is wet, you know? <laughs> it was strong. It was powerful. But we need that all the time. We need his presence. We need that anointing to be among us. And um, it just does something for the inside. It's, it's, I can't even explain it. But it's not just in our worship that we need to honor God. We need to honor God in everything we do. It's in how we treat everybody every day. And it's in the things you'll do. It's in the things you won't do. You know, um, I don't know why I'm saying this because it's not in my notes, but um, Gary and I, we run a couple businesses, and um, we have to remember that God is our source, and we honor him, and we pray all the time about our businesses. And there's sometimes that on a Monday morning, Luis will know, <laughs> Sometimes on a Monday morning, there's like nothing. 
And we're like, Lord, we have people we need to provide work for here. And the, the phone just come, the calls just come. Boom, boom, boom. And it's because we honor God not only in the things we do and say, um, it's how we treat our customers. We're honest with our customers. We, it's how we, we tithe, we give God his share. Um, we have to honor God in everything. Not just in our worship, not just in, you know, you're going to honor God in this little area, but you don't honor God in this area. You have to honor him in everything. And are you focusing on things that are deserving of respect? Or is your mind on something that happened at work that is of, like, low regard? On something that has brought you down? And if you want to stay down, then continue to think about the things you're thinking about. But if you want to be lifted up and walk in the light as he is in the light, then you need to focus on the word. You need to really get in the word. If you're, if you're feeling down or depressed, get in the word and dig. Just dig. God will lead you where he wants you to go. And we need to think about things that are honest and true and deserving of respect. And I really don't know of anything other than the word of God that that is completely true all the time. I is for innocent or just, free from guilt, blameless, harmless in effect, or in intention. Um, what does it mean to be innocent? I was thinking about this, because Pastor and I had a talk about innocent, and I was thinking, you know, to me, to be innocent is to be peaceful, to not have a guilty conscience, to not be pacing back and forth wondering if the police are going to come, you know, take me away. Um, it's, you can rest in comfort when you're walking in innocence. And you're, you're free to walk in love with people because you don't have that, um, I don't know what the word is exactly. It's like, like second-guessing people. You just, you trust people. You know that what you're doing is innocent and just, you think other people are doing the same thing. So it's like you, try, you just walk in love with people. And what it's like not to be innocent, you feel guilty. You get uptight. You can't rest. You're always worrying. You're always out for revenge, and you live in fear. Um, Genesis 6-5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. But then you look down, just four more verses, and it says, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. How could Noah be such a just man in a generation that God wanted to wipe out completely? <laughs> the only thing that I could find from the word was that he walked with God. And how can we be innocent and just in the midst of the generation we live in? It's the same thing. We have to walk with God. We have to focus on his word, and we have to focus on him. Um, it's like we are bombarded everywhere we look and everywhere we go, TV, everything. Um, everything we look at just about is like the devil himself, right? So if we don't want to walk that way, we don't want to live like the world lives, then we have to think and look at something totally different and walk like the word says, 
And I'm not saying it's easy all the time. It's definitely not easy, but it's, we're commanded. And sometimes we can look around and say, you know, think we have it so bad, but I don't see God pouring any floods on us lately, you know. <laughs> you know, um, and he's not wiping us out. Because, I mean, that's what he did. He wiped out everything, man, woman, child, beast, everything. And he started over with Noah. And Noah walked in close fellowship with God, and he and his whole family were saved. And when we walk in close fellowship with God, the same will happen for us, because God is not a respecter of persons. And what, he's gonna, what he would do for Noah, he would do for you. So you have to focus on what is innocent and does not cause harm. And don't be so quick to get back at someone who has done you wrong. Let God handle it. He says that vengeance is mine, so we don't have to worry about it. And God has our backs. You can't have revenge and walk in innocence. So what does innocence look like? I read somewhere that innocence rules by love, but fallen man rules by fear. So do you walk in love or do you walk in fear? God is love is what the Bible says. And Satan is the author of fear. So who are you following? There's only one way that I know to be ruled by the love and to follow God all the time, and that is to renew our minds with the word of God. And I've said it before, and I'll probably say it about ten more times during this sermon this morning. We have to renew our minds. Um, when we got born again, our spirit man became brand new. All right? Our, the Holy Spirit sealed the Holy Spirit inside of us, and we're, our spirit is brand new. But our soul, and our, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and our body, we're not made new. I mean, all you have to do is look in the mirror, right? I mean, we're not new. Um, but our spirit is. And the only way that our mind, will, and emotions are going to be renewed is by renewing it with the Word of God, according to Romans 12, 2 there. So we have to read it daily. We have to meditate on it throughout the day and listen to it. You know, um, there are so many good stations and, and avenues out there right now to get into the Word. If you don't like reading it, you can listen to it. You know, there's apps that you can just put the word on and listen to it all day long. Um, there's music apps. You can listen to the beautiful music all day long. You don't have to fill your mind up with, I don't know, I haven't listened to stuff in so long. I don't know, Rolling Stones or whoever, Led Zeppelin. I mean, all these people I used to listen to. You don't have to listen to that stuff anymore, you know. <laughs> I know my favorite used to be Creedence Clearwater, but I don't listen to that too much anymore either. But anyway, N is noble or pure, um, possessing very high or excellent qualities or properties, something that is reputable or a good report. And this is usually not the nightly news, okay? Um, if you find that you're really being negative about everything that's going on in the world today, shut it off. Just shut it off. I, I can't tell you the last time I listened to the regular news. I mean, it, it's been years. And I figure if they want me, they're going to come get me. You know, if it gets that bad, just take me home, Lord. 
Anyway, Acts 17.11 says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So why were these people considered noble? Because they received the word with readiness of mind. And I looked that up, and it says, Knowing what you need to think, and getting good at thinking it. So we know we need to think about the word, and about the Lord, and all the good things that he's done, but we have to get good at thinking it. And they searched the scriptures daily to prove the words that they were hearing. Um, I don't know, how many of you actually take notes when you listen to a sermon, and you go home and you, you dig and you search and prove that what the person said is true? You know, I do that a lot. Um, so do you receive the word with readiness of mind? And do you search the scriptures daily? You know, we're all busy people. I know we're all busy. But if it means getting up an hour earlier to get into the word, if that's what it takes, then do it. Or stay up an hour later. But you have to get into the word. Um, days go by so much better when you're in the word than when you're not. Um, K is kind, and the scripture stand is, is lovely, which actually means friendly towards or kind. And I think we all know what kind means, but are we walking in it? And if you're not kind to people, then why not? Um, personally, I'm not a morning person, and I've learned to keep my comments to myself in the morning, mostly. <laughs> I don't get on Facebook anymore or anything like that because I know that first thing in the morning I am not the kindest person. And I, I don't know why, but that's why I have to get in the Word right away and pray and um, work on that because it's one major area in my life that I'm working on. Um, kindness is one of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, so we can walk in that fruit. Um, sometimes it just takes a little work. You know, And we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. People need kindness. All people. And I wrote down here, I know that if it weren't for God's word in my life and giving to my life to the Lord many years ago, I know that I would not be the woman I am today. Because um, this is just not how I grew up. Um, to think on good things. Everything in my, my childhood was negative. Everything. I can't think of one positive thing from my childhood. So when I got married and I got into the Word, I had to change everything. I had to change how I saw people. I had to change how I saw myself. I had to change everything. And, um, you know, it's taken a little while. I've gone through all kinds of things, celebrate recovery. I mean, you name it. I've gone through a lot of different things. But, you know, I strongly believe that hurt people hurt people. And if you're somebody who has been hurt or are hurting people, you need counseling. You know, talk to pastor, find a good Christian counselor, um, deal with it. You don't want to live the entire the rest of your life that way. It's just, it's not fun. You know, I've been there. It's not fun. Um, 
But I do want to share an example of kindness that happened a few weeks ago. This tall, good-looking guy I really know really well um, was at the Home Depot. And he got there, he pulled in with his truck, and this young lady was there with this little dinky car trying to stick four by eight sheets of plywood into this trunk of this little car. And Gary looked at her and he, he's like, you know, if you give me a minute, I'll go in and get what I need and I'll come back and I'll deliver that for you. Because there's no way you're going to get that into that. <laughs> so she did. She waited around for him and he got his things and he put it in the truck. She, he put the plywood in the, her, in the back of his truck and brought it to Simsbury, Connecticut and delivered it. And her husband was like really appreciative and, you know, Gary didn't want anything for it, but they like, they were really happy. And he came back and told me, and I'm like, oh, you are so sweet. <laughs> that was kindness. You know, that was kind. I know it's, it's strange, but that was kindness. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> There's opportunities out there for us to walk in kindness with people. You know, just we have to open our eyes and see. And, you know, maybe it means helping a lady get something off the top shelf that you can't. You know, I'm tall, so I always can reach up high and grab stuff for the ladies that are down here. Um, <laughs> I do that all the time at the grocery store. It's, it's kind of funny. But anyway, as a reminder, um, T stands for truth. H is honorable, I innocent or just, N is noble or pure, K is kind or lovely. And in conclusion, there's an old saying that Kenneth E. Hagen used to say, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. <laughs> I don't know if anyone heard that before. But in other words, you can't help the thoughts that are coming. You know, thoughts are going to come. Satan's out there. He's trying to knock us out, you know. The thoughts are going to come, but we don't have to meditate on those thoughts. We don't have to mull them over and feel bad about ourselves all day long. We just have to think on what the Word says about us. Um, just, I don't want you saying anything out loud, but think about how you see yourself right now. Are you negative about yourself, or do you see yourself as God sees you? Not as you perceive God sees you, but how the word actually says about you. Do you read the Bible enough to know how he sees you? I would strongly suggest get a concordance and look up every verse that tells you who you are in Christ. Look up the, ver the words in Christ, in whom, in him. Just dig. I did that a while ago, and I wrote them all out, and I got a long list, and I would read it over every single day because I had to know how he saw me because I didn't care anymore how the people saw me. The only thing that matters to me is how God saw me. And we have to know how he sees us, you know? Um, there's a few verses I would recommend that you write down because these are the traits of what it means to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. It's up there on the screen. It's like 1 Corinthians 13, 3 through 8. That's the love chapter. That's how we are supposed to, we are commanded to walk in love. 
Galatians 5, 22 through 23, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in us. Colossians 3, 12 through 16, those, that's what we are to put on. And Philippians 4, 8, those are the things that we need to meditate on. Because how you see yourself is going to determine where you end up in life. And I'm not going to expound on that anymore. That's just the way it is. Um, just this week when you're tempted to think about negative things something negative about something or someone stop and ask God to help you and change your mind Um, try to remember how you used to be before you came to the Lord and have compassion on people maybe they're not saved yet or maybe they are saved and haven't renewed their mind yet Or maybe they have renewed, they started renewing their mind, but they're not perfect yet. Nobody's perfect. We're not going to be perfect until we get to heaven. So why do we judge people? Only God can judge. So just be compassionate to people. Um, If you've been in offense or unforgiveness with someone, the altar will be open. Um, If you've been thinking thoughts that are not godly and you want to change, Come up here and pray with someone. Um, The word says to confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we may be healed. So talk to pastor or talk to one of the prayer people up here and um, get healed. Um, So I'm just going to close in prayer. And then you can make your way up to the altar if you need to come. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you and praise you for the word that's gone forth. I thank you that it has gone forth and it will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish what you want it to do. I thank you that it will change our hearts and our minds. I thank you that you have given us ears to to hear it and a heart that wants to change. I thank you, Father, for moving on the people right now that if they need to come up here to pray, that they will do it. I ask you to help each and every one of us, Father, this week as we go forth, that we will think on things that are godly and true and honorable and worthy of respect and noble and pure. Things that you command us to think, that we will think on those things. And I thank you, Father, that you will put this down in everyone's heart we will remember this because your word says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and we all know what's in our hearts in abundance so I ask you Father to change our hearts help us to be more like you help us to be more loving and kind in Jesus mighty name Amen Thank you for listening We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.